All right, hello everybody. <clears throat> Great to see you. It's today we uh, kick off a new series, and I'll get to that in a second. First, I want to say hello to everybody. These are Friday nighters we're talking to right now. And for those of you online, that's a special thing. So, uh, so thanks for being here. There is something unique about Friday night. I, I love it. It's not just a great way to end the week, but um, there are, there's a, being on the platform um, and interacting with each crowd. I love all of them. I love Sunday. I love, you know, all, but there is a unique, I think, just openness to God on Friday night that God responds to in a unique way. So roll tide. I love it. Maybe that's why. So thank you for being, you know, just thank you for and, and for those of you who are watching online. We tape on Friday night so we can edit it on Saturday and, and make it sound really great on Sunday. So that's the deal. And so welcome uh, wherever you are uh, online right now as well. So today we are starting a new series called GOAT, the greatest of all time. And it's not just a series. It's actually a 45-day experience, a 45-day challenge where we're, we're saying, hey, if we're up for this, let's come each week, let's be online each week, let's be in person each week, and be open to what God wants for us in these 45 days as we put into practice the practices of Jesus. As we'll talk about later, each week there'll be a new challenge uh, to do during that week, some other things to uh, spend with God and to consider our lives and to put some things in practice. And so I really believe God's going to do something unique in this series called GOAT. Now, I did a little bit of research, extensive research on the origin of the phrase goat, greatest of all time. And, and when, I, when I say extensive research, you'd be so proud of me um, how, much I, how much work I went to. What that means is I took about three minutes to Google it. And, and so I, when I Googled it, what I found was that the origin of the phrase goat, at least according to these people, and there were multiple sources on this, is that it was Muhammad Ali's wife who came up with goat, uh, and, and arguably Muhammad Ali, greatest of all time when it comes to boxers. But he talked about uh, the great, he, you know, claimed to be the greatest of all time, started using that phrase a lot. She saw that it spelled goat, and evidently, at least according to these sources, she's the one that began to use it to market it that way. And then a few years later, a rapper named LL Cool J. Um, I was going to play a little bit, but it's hard to find appropriate, church-appropriate things with LL Cool J. Um, put out a, a rap album that he claimed, called Goat, where he claimed to be the greatest of all time. And this may be a shocker. I am not an expert on rap and hip-hop. So I don't know if he is or isn't. But according to him and his mom, he is the greatest of all time when it comes to rappers. And then, it, it, about five years ago, it really became prominent, really took off. In the world, mainly in the world of sports, like as you think about who's the greatest of all time, you know, like in football. And people get really passionate about it. Like we could get to have a discussion right now about who's the greatest in, in football, who's the GOAT. You know, is it Tom Brady or is it somebody else? Maybe we'll find out Monday night as Cowboy fans. I don't know. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, and, or, you know, in golf, you know, is it Tiger or Jack Nicklaus? And, and some people, when I say passionate about it, like I've had a couple of people tell me, hey, look, when you talk about GOAT, in basketball, one guy said it this way, you will lose me forever if you bring up LeBron James. He is not the GOAT. And I don't know if he, he must be a Cleveland fan or something. I don't know. But he's like, you're, yeah, I don't want you want to hear about LeBron. You can talk about MJ all day long, but not LeBron, you know. And, I'll, and, and you know, you, so you can debate it. And, 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 it's, and it's fun to talk about that, who's the GOAT, who's the greatest of all time. But wouldn't it be even more fun 
especially in the area of your interest or your hobby or your passion, to actually be able to meet one of these people, to, to be able to, to meet one of the greatest of all time. Uh, many years ago, this is like 40 years ago, uh, one of my mom's friends, uh, th- this, this is how she met a goat. So she was in New York and going in this hotel, uh, going up, uh, you know, a lot of floors in the hotel. So she got on the elevator to go up to her room. There was a guy already in the, in, in the elevator that really kind of freaked her out, kind of scared her. He's this really big guy, and he had kind of a stern look on his face. And even more importantly, he had two do- big Doberman dogs that looked really vicious. And so she just kind of went, you know, in the corner. He was back here, and, uh, and she was so scared, just looking at the number, just hoping it would, you know, come, you know, really quick. And then the guy said in a really stern voice, sit down. So she did. And, and she sat in the floor and he started laughing. He said, oh, no, ma'am, I, I'm talking to my dogs. I am so sorry. And, uh, and then he introduced himself and it was Muhammad Ali, um, which is a very embarrassing way to meet Muhammad Ali. But still, she got a story out of that. It'd be great to meet some of these people, right? But let's take it up even a notch above that. Imagine if a goat, especially in an area of your interest, if you're a golfer or you play basketball or a musician or whatever, you, whoever it is that you consider a goat, imagine if you not only were able to talk about that person or just casually meet that person, imagine if that person took an interest in you. Like, like if they saw you and said, hey, you know what? You've got potential. I would love to work with you. I would love to pass on everything I know. And make you the best golfer, basketball player, singer, knitter, whatever it is that you do. Like, I, I, would, I would love to do that. That would be amazing, right? Like, Jack Warren, who was our executive pastor, grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. We knew each other. Uh, Jack and I have known each other before we both moved to Texas. We knew each other in Alabama. So we've known each other a long time. But where he grew up, his, one of his uh, neighbors, I think it was his next-door neighbor, was really good friends with Arnold Palmer, the golfer. And whenever there was a tournament in Birmingham that at the time that he always, he came every year. And so when he came to play in that tournament, he would stay at this house in Jack's neighborhood. And at night, Arnold Palmer, being the kind of guy he is, would just let the neighborhood know that, hey, if, if there are any kids who want to learn how to swing a golf club and hold a golf club, I'd love to, you know, I'd love to teach you. And so Jack, learned how to swing a golf club from Arnold Palmer. Now, that'd be pretty cool, right? Uh, and, and imagine if, if that could happen. Now, some of you smell where I'm going here. Because the true goat, the greatest of all time, in terms of the greatest human of all time, that opportunity is actually in front of you. Now, it's really remarkable. Because even if you're not a, a Jesus person, even if you're not a Christian, I think you'd have to agree that at least you'd have to put Jesus on the top one, two, or three. Like, 2,000 years later, Jesus is still the most influential human being on the planet. There are billions and billions of people in multiple religions who consider Jesus their model and and more. And 2,000 years later, still shaping and, and impacting life for good all these years. I mean, amazing. And certainly for those of us who are believers, who are Christians, we would say, yeah, he absolutely is the greatest of all time. Now, he has a big edge because those of us who are believers believe that what he said about himself is true. He wasn't just a good human being, but he's God who took on humanity. So that's a big edge on the rest of us humans. But he is 
the greatest of all time. And as we're going to see today, and we'll make very practical in this series, is that his invitation is exactly that. Like him walking up to you and saying, you have incredible potential. I created you to be something. I created you to do some things. And I would love for you to walk with me into a whole new life and follow me into a whole new life so that you become a whole new person, that you become like me and accomplish. And, and all that I've called you to accomplish is you join me in impacting this world and helping others come to know me. I mean, it's it just it's amazing when you think about it. And I want to make sure that we understand that very basic powerful invitation and some of you right now are thinking yeah i know i've done that i know what that is and i want us to i want you to suspend that today as we look at these invitations to follow him that's the way he that's the way he talked about it what does that even mean to follow him because we talk about it so much especially for those of us who've been christians for a long time we talk about it so much that it can start losing its meaning when we talk about a jesus follower do you follow jesus or it we, we don't even know what that means anymore because we just talk about it so much. Just like the word Christian, it, start, it starts to lose meaning, right? And, and Or Jesus follower, following Jesus. And for those of you who are maybe open to that or considering, it's certainly an opportunity to say, yeah, what, what really is this? What is the way of Jesus? And, and what does it mean to follow him? Because it's not just about believing a few things and then check your end. It's, it's way bigger than that. And so the way we're going to do that is we're going to look at some of the invitations. There's a lot of them in the, in the books that share Jesus' life. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Jesus gave invitation after invitation after invitation to different people to follow me. Not just the 12 disciples. He had a lot of disciples. The 12 disciples were key. They were core. They were the inner circle. They would become the apostles that he uses to start the church. But he had hundreds of disciples. And, um, and we're going to see that. So we're going to focus. I can't do all of them. So we're going to, just so that we understand the invitation, we're going to focus, we're going to look at two main invitations. One is the invitation to the fishermen, uh, which was four of the disciples. And then we'll look at when he broadened the invitation to include, it's an open invitation today, includes you and me. So first passage is in Matthew chapter four, which is the fishermen. And, uh, and three of the gospels, books about Jesus's life share this, but here's Matthew's version. Now, Matthew was one of the 12 disciples too. And one of the 12 students of Jesus, who was a rabbi, he was, Jesus looked at him and said, follow me. And he left his business, which he was a tax collector and followed Jesus. Uh, that's a great story too, but we're going to look at Matthew talking about the invitation to four other of those 12 disciples. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting the net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Now remember that phrase. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately... They left the boat and their father and followed him. So it's actually really remarkable because Jesus comes up, he issues the invitation, follow me. And they do, they leave their everything behind and they follow him. And some of you think, well, big deal, they were fishermen, so who cares? They didn't have much to leave. But that's the wrong way to think. Uh, being a fisherman was not a bad way to go. I mean, it was, it was a good living. Uh, from all the clues that we have, this was a, a business that they were leaving behind. It was a livelihood and comfortable one in homes. 
and people that they loved and people that they cared about. So when it says they left everything and followed him, that was a really big deal. I mean, they had a good life. They had a good thing going. It, it wasn't like they didn't have anything that they could hold on to if they wanted to. They had a good life. But they left that life for Jesus' invitation to follow him. And why would they do that? Well, 2,000 years ago, it would be really clear why you'd do that. Because this was an amazing opportunity for these young men. Because in their system, uh, in their education system, there were different ways to get education. But, uh, but Jesus was a rabbi a popular rabbi by this point, a well-known rabbi, a rabbi that's creating a lot of buzz, and he looks at these people and says, follow me, meaning I want you to be my disciple. Another word for that would be apprentice. Or if you're into Star Wars, if you're a Star Wars nerd, I'm not making fun of you, we named our dog Chewbacca, um, then, you know, your Padawan or whatever, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, and it was a major, like, if, if that, if you're, if you were given that invitation, you would say yes. If your son uh, or daughter were given that invitation, you, I mean, and did it, you talk about them all the time. You just want people to ask about your child, you know, and, and uh, so this was really, it'd be like, it was as exclusive. I joked about it at Christmas and the Christmas service as like Harvard, MIT and Alabama, remember that? And, um, but it was like, it was like that. It was a, a really, really big deal. And so they... They weren't going to say no, and they left everything to follow him. Now, the other thing that we have to understand about their education system is when you said yes to a rabbi, it was a whole different way of life. Like, you were essentially going to become like that person. He was going to pass on everything that he knows to you, not just knowledge, but as you did things together and all that. It was, a, it was not the kind of education system we have, which is largely, like if you go to college, a lot of it is, hey, the teacher's the expert, you're the dummy, be quiet, let him talk. Fill out notes, take a test, memorize it, take a test, and all, you know. And that's not the way they taught. Uh, it was much more like a trade, like you learn a trade or a skill. You learn certainly by listening to knowledge, but also by doing and doing life together. You would. It, it's similar today to some of your plumbers. Uh, by the way, I need a hot water heater change. <laughs> but um, some of you are. I, but it's okay. We'll we'll do it another. But um, but I do. I realize that today. But um, so a plumber, uh, you know, you, you don't just read a book and then go start tearing up plumbing, you know, pipes and stuff like you. You it, it's a process, right, of apprenticing and, and learning. Some of you have done that or same way with a surgeon. Like you wouldn't want a surgeon just saying, oh, man, you know, before surgery, I've, I've read about this. I'm excited to actually try it. You know, you'd be like, oh, wait a minute. You know, we kind of need to learn by doing and all. It's kind of like like when I learned how to scuba dive. And you get certified to scuba dive. Um, Christy and I like doing that. And my originally, it was my dad and me um, that got into it. And then Christy, uh, as soon as she could, jumped into because uh, she was she was pregnant at the time. It, I was so she had to wait until she had the baby. But when I was doing my certification, um, you know, you you have some book learning, which is great. You know, where you, and you take a test about that because there's stuff you need to know. But the most important part of it was learning by doing, and you would. You know, you would have, you'd see people, they would show you what they do, and then you would do it, and they would supervise it. And that really, the importance of that became obvious pretty early on, because one of the things that we did is you had to tread water for 10 minutes. Now, we were in a 20-foot pool. It's a special pool just for this, uh, you know, just for doing this. And so we're in the deep end, and we're treading water. And 10 minutes is kind of a long time. So we were 
to tread water. So we were, you know, treading water, you know, doing our thing, scooby dooby doo I, I don't know why I said that, but anyway, we were doing that. And, um, and, and one of the members of our group, we had like 12, one of them wasn't in yet for the first few minutes. And we called him Muscle Guy because we didn't know his name. He, he, was, he didn't talk very much, but he was like this perfect specimen, just all muscle. And uh, so when he comes into the pool, he takes off his shirt and man, was it intimidating. Like he, uh, I've got a dad bod. He did not like he had, it wasn't a six pack. Like he, it was like a 36 pack. Like just, it was just beautiful. You're just like, and, and all of us guys, you know, we're kind of like sucking in, you know, our tummies and doing, you know, whatever we could, you know, to feel a little bit better about ourselves. I really did. And, um, so he, but no body fat at all. Zero ounces of body fat. I mean, just this perfect specimen of a person. And he jumps in and goes straight to the bottom. And just, and is standing on the bottom. So we're, you know, scuba doo doing it and just kind of doing our thing and looking down and, and, you know, for the first 10 seconds, like, oh, cool. You know, muscle guy's so cool. Look at him down there. You know, he's like, man, he's cooler. And then after, and then 30 seconds goes by and we're like, huh, that's, he's kind of down there a long time. And then a minute goes by and we're like, hey, um, do you think muscle guy's okay? Like, how long can you, like, are we okay here? Like, you know, and, and, uh. And then, you know, about 90 seconds goes by and, and we're a little slow. And finally somebody, you know, was like, hey, we just got to go get him. And so the people right over him, a few of them went down and got him. And sure enough, he had to be resuscitated. Water came out of his lobby. I mean, the whole deal was really dramatic. He didn't know how to swim. Um, now, one of the things that's important in scuba diving is learn how to swim first. That's what you learn from that. Okay. You don't get this at every church service, but this is important stuff to know. And so he, you know, they told him, Hey, look, you're, yeah, you're not going to be in the storm. You, you need to go learn how to swim and then come back and all. But imagine if all he had done was read a book, took a test and then went out in the middle of the ocean and did that for the flight. Like, he wouldn't be around. Right. The, the kind of learning that a rabbi did was much more like that. It was learning by doing. I mean, certainly you listen to teaching and that's important and you believe some things on, but it was learning by doing. It was putting into practice certain practices that were, that you talked about. And, and, and that tells us a whole lot, by the way, about the mission of Jesus and what he wants to do in our life. Because Jesus is God, we believe, who came in human flesh. He could have appeared with any job, any profession, any calling. He could have come as a king. And been really impressive. And everybody like, oh, look at him. He's, you know, king. He could have come as a wealthy landowner. He could have come as a, a Pharisee, if you know what those are, these super religious people. He could have come as a priest. He could have come as a military leader, but he didn't. He came as a rabbi, a teacher. As he was calling people to, hey, I, I want to shape you to be a different kind of person. Not just knowledge, but wisdom. And I, I want you to become a different kind of person over time. And, and for them, that was like 24-7, you know, just walking with them into life. And for these disciples, they were like, whoa, man. He, and, and this was incredible. But Luke lets us know the rest of the story, even more incredible than a typical rabbi. Matthew, I'm not sure why he doesn't share all the detail, because it's quite a story that Luke shares. Because Luke shares a whole lot more color to the short story. So Luke, in Luke's version, it's not different. It's just Matthew just gives the bottom line. Luke gives a, a whole picture. So in Luke's version, Jesus doesn't just walk up and say, hey, follow me, leave your nets, come on, let's go. And they're like, okay. In Luke's version, lets them know, hey, so there's a whole lot more that happens. So they're fishing when Luke, they're fishing and doing their nets and all that. And they... 
this was in the morning. So they fished at night because that's when the fish in that heat were in shallow water. And so in the morning, fishing was over. It was morning. They weren't catching anything, which is like every fishing trip I've ever been on. And, uh, which is why I'm not really that passionate about fishing. But anyway, they were, you know, doing that. And the, and Jesus comes up, the rabbi, and says, Hey, um, why don't you, instead of, you know, on this part, this side of the boat, just why don't you cast the net on the other side of the boat? Now, it doesn't say what they were thinking, but these fishermen had to be thinking, Okay, rabbi, stick to theology, because it doesn't matter what side of the boat. I mean, that's stupid. Like, it doesn't matter what side of the boat you put the net on. I mean, it does, it really just like, you know, 10 feet this way. It doesn't matter. And it's already morning. Fish aren't going to bite and our fish aren't going to, we're not going to catch any fish because they're deep water. So, you know, that's kind of, but they didn't do all that. They just said, okay. And so they do. Some of you know the stories, this incredible catch of fish. It was so full. It was straining the nets and nets were almost breaking. And it was this incredible miracle. And then Luke shares the rest of the story. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. They realized that this was no ordinary rabbi. That would be incredible. But, but Peter's starting to see, hey, this, I mean, he calls him Lord, bows at his feet. Like this is, he's way more than a rabbi. And he would come to understand fully that, no, this is actually his creator. This is God in human flesh. Who looks at him and says, hey, let's hang out. 24-7. Let me teach you. Let me guide you. Let me comfort you. Let me show you. Let, let's walk through life together and and. Because I know who you're created to be. I know what you're created to do. I want you to fulfill all of it. That yeah, you're a fisherman. That's great. You can stay a fisherman. And I'll still love you. But if you follow me, I'll make you a fisher of people. It's an elevated life. Now that same invitation. Because you think, man, wouldn't that be cool? That would be so awesome to be one of those guys. you know? And if you watch The Chosen, which is really good, by the way. And you see those. And you're like, whoa, that would be so cool to be one of those disciples. And if you don't know what The Chosen is, look it up. Um, it's, it's good. And there's an app called the chosen, or you can look it up on YouTube or who, I don't know what, but it's worth, it. but to be one of those people be like, Whoa, because we're going to see you, you, you have an actually better opportunity. And Jesus extends the invitation, not just to the 12, but this is the next passage, Mark eight, then calling the crowd to join his disciples. He said, if any of you wants to be my follower, You must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you'll save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Now, we're going to look at the second part later, but but the first part, let's focus on that. This is the invitation. This is how exclusive Jesus is in his offer. Because they were, because in their world, rabbis were super exclusive. Like they would just choose the best of the best, like Harvard, like MIT, or whatever school you put in that fill in the blank. But here's how exclusive Jesus is: If any of you wants to be my followers, now that would have been crazy two thousand years ago for the crowd to hear that. He's saying, "Hey, you know what? I'm just going to open it up to everybody." 
If anybody, I don't care who you are, what you've done. I don't care if you're smart or not smart in your own head. I don't care if you've been really, if you're really good at being good, if you're really bad at being good. I don't care if you've got a checkered past or incredible past. It just doesn't matter. Anybody who wants to can be my disciple. That would be like Harvard putting out a thing tomorrow saying, you know what? Anybody who wants to go to Harvard, you're already accepted. Just come on. I mean, people would be like, that doesn't make sense. Why would they do that? I don't get it. Like, it's that, it's that same kind of thing. Anybody. And that includes you. The invitation is right there. You can accept it. You can reject it. You can, you know, dive in with both feet. You can dip your toe in it. Whatever you want. But it, it is there in front of you. And this series is built around that basic invitation as we're going to look at each week. What does it mean to actually live like Jesus and to put into practice the practices of Jesus so that we can become like Jesus, which is the fullest version of who we are created to be. And then we can accomplish what Jesus called us to accomplish. So as we consider that invitation, I want to make sure it's just really clear what we're talking about in this 45-day challenge, the way of Jesus. And by the way, when, um, when the early disciples, when Jesus ascends to heaven and they form the church, you know what they called themselves? They didn't call themselves Christians. Other people did, which is, doesn't matter what. But what they called themselves was followers of the way. They were followers of the way. The way of what? The way of Jesus. It wasn't just I believe certain things, but followers of the way. Like I, when I was a little kid is when I became a Christian. And I heard, it was through, some of you know about the wordless book, like these different colors. There's like dark and red and white and gold. And, all. and if you want to go to the gold thing, the heaven thing, then believe in Jesus. You believe these things and you get to go to heaven. If not, then you don't. And I remember as a little kid thinking, well, that's pretty easy. Like I want to, yeah, I, I, want, I want to go to the good place, not the bad place. So you, you know, and that's what Christianity is. You believe these things and you get to go to heaven. That's not Christianity. That is true, and it's massively important, but Jesus never talked about it that way. His way, he said, hey, follow me. Yes, this means that the trip ends in heaven, but follow me is way bigger than that. It's not just a few things to believe, but a new way of life that we pattern our life after him. That's the invitation. So to understand it more fully, let's just talk about the way of Jesus. And we'll see that reflected in the way these next weeks are structured. And by the way, if today feels like an introductory week to the series, you know why? Because it's an introductory week to the series. So here we go. The first thing, it's a practical way. Like I said, it's not just learning a few things and you're good. Like this is a practical way. Discipleship or Jesus' mentoring of us is life on life. It's say, hey, let's do life together. It's, it's not just learning a few things uh, of facts. That's, imp- some of the, that's part of it, but it's way bigger than that. I mean, if you think about it like Tiger Woods, if you are, let's say if, if you think he's the goat or Jack Nicholas or, or Michael Jordan, or you know how they became who they became? Not just because they wanted to play basketball or they wanted to play golf. Like if you look at the way they practice versus everybody else, like if you look at Tiger's regimen, which is, you know, he would hit a thousand golf balls a day. Um, and you think, well, he knows how to hit a golf ball. I mean, who's better? Why would he have to do that anymore? He wanted to get better and better and better. And, you know, that was just the start of it with what he did every day. And he became that through practice over a long period of time. Same way with our relationship with Jesus. As we put in practices, the practices of Jesus. And so this series is built around some of those core practices, five 
practices. And so each week we're going to be focused on one of those practices of Jesus that he calls us to, to help us become like Jesus. These are, these are practices that we put in place to become all that he's called us to become. And each week there will be a challenge to say, hey, this week, here's how we're going to put that practice into practice. So you show up each week, hear about it, hear it in context, and then we're going to put it in practice. And that will be on the Chase Oaks app. And so one thing that's super important is to download the Chase Oaks app. And it's really easy because if you go to the app store or Google store, whatever it is, whatever kind of thing, yeah, there's only one Chase Oaks church in the world. We are the goat of Chase Oaks churches. <laughs> Greatest of all time. We know that for sure, which is so cool. But um, we're also the worst, but who cares, right? It's just, and, uh, and so download that app. That'll be really important. It's important in general. That's how we'll communicate a lot of things. But, uh, it, it, but in the goats, there's also help on how to do that. So, and so one of the things, I did this thing called Wings with Jeff, um, where each week you'll see these videos. I, I think wings are the greatest of all time when it comes to food. Chick-fil-A wings, it was a hard choice, but I went with wings. And I, all I did was sit down with people that in each area, I believe, do that practice really, really well. So like my friend who used to be a pastor here, Jan Sampak, on solitude. And how to spend time in solitude with God. Like, I could talk about it, but she's way better at talking about it than me. Like, she does that way better than me. And so, she's the person that inspires me. And so, I sat down with her over wings, which was nice because she doesn't like them. And we talked about, you know, but each, you know, there's different people that I, on each week. And we have a conversation to take the conversation deeper. And then they also, we had them do like a four or five minute, just very practical thing. Hey, if you were going to put this practice into practice, what would you do? Like, like, how would you do it? It's just so it's not abstract. So it's just really, really clear. So there's a lot on that app. It's a practical way. It's also a supernatural way, the way of Jesus. And here's what I mean by that. Meaning God is involved and he meets us as we practice these disciplines. He meets us in us and, and, and grows us. I mean, the cool thing about being one of the original disciples is it was Jesus who was there. And I mean, wouldn't that be awesome to be on earth with Jesus and to spend 24-7 with him for a few years and you knowing that he's God, your creator. And, all. and and you'd be like, man, nothing's better than that. Jesus would say that the opportunity that you have and I have is better than that because that's what he said. What he told his disciples when he said, hey, I'm going away. And they're like, what? No, this is terrible. Oh, no, don't go away. He said, no, it's actually better for you that I go. They're like, okay, how's it better? Because he said, because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who will indwell you, who will be your guide, who will be your paraclete, is in Greek, the come alongsider. Meaning he will be in you and with you always in a way that Jesus, in bodily form, he can only be at one place at one time. If you happen to be there, cool. But if not, you missed out. But what he said is, hey, if you believe in me and open up your life to me, I will send the Holy Spirit. God will be in your soul always. 24-7, not to guide you, to whisper. Uh, today, I, I sense God whispering to me to buy somebody hamburger meat at a grocery store. And, uh, and I just felt like it was the Holy Spirit saying. And it was this older man who had put, he, he, I said, hey, this is weird. I just feel like I need to give you this hamburger. And he said, I had to put hamburger back because I couldn't afford it. And I was just thanking Jesus for what he did provide, but hoping that, you know, maybe he would provide more. And it's like, okay, I guess that's the deal, you know. 
So the Holy Spirit is with you and, and to transform and to meet us in these disciplines and to grow us. And so it, it and and you can if, if you if you don't open up your life to a relationship with God and, and which means the Holy Spirit will be present in your life and you do all these things that we're talking about this series, your life will get better. But it will get exponentially better if you have the Holy Spirit in your life because it's a supernatural process and he will meet us in these disciplines and grow us. So we have a part to play, but he does the heavy part of transformation. So it's a super, it's also a communal way. Don't try this alone. We're so individualistic in our culture that when we think of spirituality and Christianity, we, and we'll even say, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? The Bible never talks about Jesus, relationship with Jesus that way. In the Bible, there's no such thing as a personal relationship. It's a communal relationship with Jesus. That, that yes, you do have a relationship with Jesus as a person, but you're invited into a community of people, and together we grow. That's why Jesus invited, when he invited disciples, it was like, hey, come, and it was a group of people. And same way now, now we call it church, but that's the way we grow. We want another our way to spiritual growth. And so don't, don't try to do this alone. And so like the wings with, like the challenges, let's say, man, just, just get to, if you're, if you're in a small group, great, go through it together. If you're not, get in a small group. There'll be sign up starting next week. But in the meantime, just get some friends around you or your family. Even if your family's different places or recruit people. Just even if they're different parts of the country. Say, hey, watch online. We're going to do this 45-day challenge. Let's hold each other accountable. Let's talk about these practices. And let's pray for each other. Let's talk about what, he, what we're learning together. Let's encourage each other. Let's clarify things for each other. Because it sometimes can be a little confusing. And it'll be way better if you do that. And so let me encourage you to make it a communal way. And the way of Jesus is a missional way. I'm just going to touch on this because we're going to give a whole week to this. But Jesus' invitation wasn't just, hey, follow me and I will make your life way better. (laughs) Now, that's true. He will. But it's in the context of mission. So he said, follow me and I will send you out as to fish for people. Meaning disciples are sent people. And, and, And we... And, and Jesus transforms us in the context of mission. He makes our lives better as we're making the world better. He makes our lives better and, and we grow in relationship with Jesus as we're introducing other people to relationship with Jesus. It's a missional way. It's not just we become some communal monk and we just hang out with each other and grow and you know, learn more stuff. That's gross. I, I mean, they're not, I want to take that back. There are monks who are very missional and who do really cool work. Okay. But if it becomes just this internal thing, or if a church becomes this internal thing, I think it kind of makes Jesus throw up in his mouth. Because his heart is for those who have yet to hear. His heart is for a world that is broken. And therefore, we're called to be discipled in the context of mission. So that's the invitation in front of us. It's, am- it's incredible. I mean, it really is unbelievable. And we hear it so much in our culture, like, yeah, okay, whatever, Jesus follower, good for you, or whatever, I think I've done that, I don't know. It's way bigger than that. And so I want to look at the invitation one more time, and then we're going to pray and just consider our life in light of that invitation. As Jesus called the crowd to join his disciples, and he said, if any of you wants to be my follower, and that's anybody. And some of you are like, oh, I don't think I'm ready for that, I think I better get my life done. No, anybody. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are, Anybody. You're in if you want to be in. But here's the deal. You must give up your own way. That's the nature of following. You're not going to go your way. You're going the way of the person you're following. 
Take up your cross. That's your part of the redemptive mission on this planet. And follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you'll save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? He just knows what's available and what, what is there for us. And he's like, come on. Yeah, you can hang on to your life if you want to, just like the fishermen. They had a good life. And some of you have a really good life without Jesus. You do. I mean, you're like, yeah, I like my life. It's good. But you have no idea what's on the other side of following him into a whole new life. He does. That's why he said, come on. Like, why would you hang on to this little tiny life? That yeah, I get it. It feels good. It's comfortable. But do you realize if you let it go, the life that you'll have? Do you realize what I'll do in your life? Do you realize what I'll do through your life? Just like Paul said, we have, we have no idea all that God has prepared for us. Like, it, we just have no idea. Then he's like, man, I, I just want to, I just want to do so much in and through your life. Would you please just not hang on to your life? Would you let it go and follow me? And I'm reminded of the rich young ruler who is one of the stories in the Gospels where Jesus calls him to follow him. And, and the guy walks away sorrowing because Jesus said, yeah, just, you just have to leave all your stuff. And he had a lot of stuff and, and he didn't want to leave his stuff. And so, but, and you think, and, and you would think of saying Jesus looked at him and was angry. But that's not what it says. It said Jesus looked at him and he loved him. And even if you walk away from Jesus today, he loves you. And the invitation will always be open. But his hope for you is that you'll say yes. And that you'll choose to follow. Because he knows what's on the other side of that. And for all of us, I mean, I decided to follow Jesus a long time ago when I was a teenager. For me, the series is an opportunity to say, hey, I want to live more fully into that commitment. Because I get distracted by so much stuff. I want to put into practice the practices of Jesus. For some of you, it may be, hey, I, I don't know if I'm ready for that, but I'll dip my toe in. I mean, I'll, I'll kind of participate in this and just see what happens. That's cool. Because I think God will meet you there. Let's bow our heads together. Lord, I thank you for the invitation. That you came into this world to connect to us. And the invitation is to all of us. To follow you into a whole new life. To become who you've called us to become. To become like Jesus. To accomplish all that you've called us to accomplish. And, and I know from your end, you, you, you know all the things you want to do. If we would just say yes. And if we would focus. And if we would walk with you in it. And we hang on to so much that it just doesn't even matter. In the big scheme of things. And, and I, do, I, I know I do. And, I, and it must just frustrate you. Make you sad. And so Father I pray you'd help us. Just to let go. In a new way in this series. And to walk into a new life. It does wherever we However long we've followed you. And been a believer. Whether it's a long, decades or minutes. Or not even yet. And we're just going to be open to just dipping our toe in. God w- would you meet us there. And help us to follow you over these weeks. In Jesus' name, amen.